0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything, bring yourself, show up and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you supporting women is my passion and my purpose and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do
1: I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted she was just either I... afraid to ask the
0: questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up trust is Created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time
1: and time again, and trust is built. It's one conversation at a time.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm happy to welcome Adam Ramos to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Adam is a partner, trusted advisor, and advocate in Hinckley Allen Litigation Group. His practice focuses on energy-related issues, and complex business and commercial litigation. Adam is is honor, magna cum laude, and uh, from Rogers Williams University School of Law, and has been called one of the best lawyers in America 2020 and 2023 through 2023. His community service sparks numerous boards and, finance, and professional affiliates, which is how we found him with found him and brought him to women connect for good Adam was recommended as for a guest by one of the partners organization the Women's fund of Rhode Island where he serves as a board member. Adam was impressed to serve and become an advocate for women when he attended the signature women's leading change event. And Adam and his wife are both extremely involved, and Adam became an active participant in the 100 Men Gender Equity Fundraising Campaign. We need to talk about that. That's wonderful. So I'm pleased to welcome you, Adam, and thank you so much for being here, and we want to talk about gender equity and how men and women can work together to achieve this goal. So welcome, Adam. Thank you for being with me.
1: Thank you, Dr. Nancy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to talk about this really important stuff that it's uh, been something that has been part of my life, trying to achieve gender equity. Uh, well, I don't know if achieve gender equity is the right phrase, but uh, move in this direction for a long time. Whatever, so.
0: whatever we want to call it. But <laughs> I think that's what's mo- most important, and I always start out this conversation uh, with how did you become you? Because becoming a, uh, an advocate for the Women's Fund and, and gender equity, it, you had to come from someplace for this to occur. How did you get to be you? Let's just start there. Your personal story.
1: Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I was originally born in Rhode Island uh, and my, my parents got divorced when I was seven. Uh, and we moved, we were, we were still in Rhode Island for a period of time, but then I moved with my mom. Uh, to Florida, and throughout all of that time, I, you know, my mom was even when my parents were married. My mom was sort of the, she was the professional in the family. She was a she was a registered nurse, and she worked in pediatric wards and eventually in NICUs. And you know, I think that that shaped sort of my views of of who I would become and and how my views on on gender would evolve. Because I never perceived that there was any real distinction between what my mother was providing versus what my what my father should have been providing. It was uh, all sort of built in right there. So, you know, I growing up with, I think, a really strong mother and having her be sort of the primary parent through, you know, middle school and high school years and really shaped who I became. And that was critical in my in my life and, and shaping who I became.
0: I, I think that's that we often hear about uh, men who were re- raised by a mother that end up being very strong advocates for gender equity, because again, that's all we've ever seen. The role model they've looked at is a strong, competent, capable woman who's basically taking care of them and helping them to learn about women and gender equity. Well, you know, it's it's so important. Uh, I've been doing this work for a long time. Uh, I don't know if what if, do you have daughters? Do you have sons? Do you have children?
1: I have two children. I have a son and a daughter. -hmm. And uh, they are 14 and 12.
0: Okay. You're into the teen years. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, you know, my wife and I have often said, you know, along this path. Every phase is the best phase, and we're starting to think maybe the teen phase isn't going to live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: well I, I, as, a, as a psychologist, and this, was, this is what I would tell parents with teenagers, you have to remember the, the axons and the dendrites in their brains have not connected yet. So, you know... <laughs> The brain, the brain is still growing and still maturing, but uh, you'll get there, it, and it will be it will be an exciting time in your life. I think many parents wondered if they'll get through it, but I tell you what, it's it's a fun thing, and then later on, you'll have a great time with them as well. Okay, let me ask you a question. Then you've got a daughter and a son. There is two years difference between the ages. Are you teaching them the same way? you teach a girl and a boy. are you how are you teaching them the same or 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 do you find yourself sometimes because of the gender uh, somewhat different?
1: Well, I, I think that our intention is to teach them the same way.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but I, I don't know that we always carry through with that. I mean, and I, and I, I don't think it's intentional. Uh, I don't think it's even conscious w- yeah. when we don't sure. most sure. of the time, yeah. but we certainly try to teach them the same way. They're certainly getting a different model of family life uh-huh. than than what I had, you know. Um, sure. But I guess one thing that we try to do with, with our kids and and really with each other is recognize the value that is associated with all of the things that go into making the life that we have. Sure. So, you know, when my wife and I first met, I was just getting started out in the legal profession. Uh, and she was sort of an established consultant in the hotel industry. and she was sort of the, the main money maker for the family. I was very pretty dependent on her for us to live whatever lifestyle we were going to live. Over time, that's shifted. She's moved away from that industry and moved more towards some other uh, interests and passions in her life. And we've almost sort of, well, not not it's not accidentally, it's intentionally because of choices that we decided to make reverted to some what some might call traditional gender roles where I work more and she's takes care of the home more. Cool. But whenever we talk about sort of what our life is, you know, uh, we talk about the money that we make, isn't money that I make. It's money that we make. I only make the money that really? I'm able to make because of what she does at the home. And, and there's the value of what she of, of the work that she does in addition by the way she doesn't just work in the home she has she has a million projects going on all the time um uh and uh but just the, even if it was only working in the home the value of that we and we instill the value of all types of work in our kids to try and and make sure that that's uh, something that they live with
0: yeah well i i, I have three daughters and uh of course, they watched me go to school. I got married. I was married in college, and then so I completed my degree. My first child was born. My second child born not too long. Ago. I have a degree for every child except for my last. My last degree, my doctorate, and uh, but at least I decided that was enough at that point. Again, women do not value necessarily all the or give themselves credit for all the work that they're doing in the home. I mean, I was working and going to school and I knew how hard it was to do all those jobs. And you have to have a partner who's willing to not only support what you're doing, but also add and do the job just as much as you do the job. And otherwise it just doesn't work. There's no doubt about it. So uh, again, I think what you're, what you're telling me is the model that you live yourself with your own family life and with your own children is an example of what you do in your profession. And of course, being a part of the Women's Fund. You know, you said, uh, when, you know I asked, we asked you different questions and you said, we need to normalize gender equity. I, I absolutely agree with that. But since we still have not voted throughout this country, our our Equal Rights Amendment, a lot of people just don't really know what they don't know. And I think that's that's part of the problem. I I can't believe in 2022 that we're dealing with some of these issues. I know that COVID didn't necessarily do us any favor, especially for women leaving the workforce and, of course, women returning to the workforce. It has changed many things, in some ways, maybe increased, improved it because of women more flexibility and men more flexibility as well. But But we really overall, I'd say in our society, we don't really understand, per se, gender equity. What do you think?
1: Definitely. I agree 100%. I think that, um, well, I think a couple of things. When when I think about normalizing it, I think that there's too much credit given to men who are viewed as allies as if we're doing something that's worthy of praise in some way, rather than it just being what the norm and expectation is and should be. And those who don't live those... Values and ethics are, you know, I don't know what the right phrase is, and chastised or or coached to be normal and and, and treat gender equity. I think that, as a general matter, whether you're talking about gender equity, racial equity, uh, other types of things, there is a complete lack of understanding about what equity means and about what it means for those who are being asked to. Acknowledge their privilege and, and how they are in a, a more privileged position in order to allow for the existence of equity, because I think that they, they view life as more of a zero sum game than it actually is and they don't understand that, you know, you don't lose if others are better off you actually yeah. Yeah. can win.
0: Right, the yeah. pie pie is big enough and the pieces are big enough. And I think mm-hmm. that's something uh, especially white women have to understand is that competition is healthy. And there are many pieces to the pie and networking and collaboration. That's what Women Connect for Good. This is what we do. We, we're about collaboration. We're about connection. We're about building a community of like minded men and women who work together for a common cause, which is to make this world a better place, but also gender equity. You know, let, let's face it, Adam, if we were all on the same page today, we would have no poverty. We'd have great education. We'd have great health care. We would be a global society working with many countries that have resources that we don't have and that we have that we could share. I I know maybe I'm a little idealistic, but, you know, by God, you know, it just... Some days I wake up and I, I just feel like I'm beating on my drum and nobody's listening to me. Absolutely nobody's listening to me. But you know this Women's Fund <clears throat> is really another example, and we help support this Women's Fund. But uh, this is a fund that helps women uh, that need uh, a hand up, not a hand out. A hand up. And I get so tired of people saying those people or that or that, but, you know, we all succeed when one person succeeds, we all succeed. That's the way I look at this. So, so for you, you know, we have to be partners. We have to be collaborators. So this women's fund, tell, tell us about that because it really is, it's a wonderful, a wonderful program and it's so very important and we need a a women's fund everywhere in the world.
1: No, I, yes, I, I I was so happy to find it. When we founded it, and I was fortunate enough to be introduced to it by uh, a partner in my law firm uh, who used to be on the board, who invited us to that Women Leading Change event that you mentioned in the introduction, uh, and then when my wife and I became involved after that, you know, it does so many things for such a small organization. Really, you know, it's a it's a policy advocate uh, at the state level, you know, identifying uh, legislation. Every year that it champions and, and has had a number of successes in pushing through to move toward gender equity, a recent success uh, on that front has to do with the pay equity uh, bills that that happened recently here in Rhode Island. They also do uh, training programs. It's uh, um, the Women's Policy Institute basically invites applicants and has cohorts of of, of women to come through to, to get training and how to be a leader in the state. We also are a grant-making organization where we give away several grants every year, thousands of dollars, to uh, other organizations that are pursuing women's equity, or at least women's equity-adjacent projects and programming uh, that are aligned with the mission of the Women's Fund. It's been around for a number of years now. Uh, Our current... uh, Executive Director Kelly Nevins has really taken it to the next level and continues to push to do so as as we as we look to grow our our scope. We're currently have an idea for a women leading in government program that would help newly elected women legislators understand how to operate within yeah. the within the, the governmental system here in, in the state. And and we're working to you know a, develop the program, B, you know, get the funding to be able to actually bring it into, into life. But, yeah. you know, always looking for different ways to put equity, women's equity in particular front and center. And in this period of always sort of recognizing that you can improve in what you are doing over the past several years, there's been a real increased focus on the intersectionality uh, of Women's equity and racial equity and making sure that we're not well, we can't make sure that we have no blind spots. Recognizing that we have blind spots yeah. that we have to that we have to seek out right. and and try and and make sure that we don't let them negatively uh, influence the work that we're doing such that we're, you know, potentially doing some harm while we're trying to do good. You don't want to do that.
0: No, no, absolutely. Well, we can't we can't become what we can't see. What we don't know about and what we don't read about. I mean, this is this is the key, you know, uh, again, legislation that, well, in California, they recently passed a law that every public board women, a percentage of women, depending on the size of the corporation, have to have women on the board. These are the kinds of things that are going to impact overall uh, what we're doing. Uh, I mean, again, these women have to be in positions, and these men have to be in positions so that they can work together. And then we we have a program at Women Connect for Good, and we'd love for the Women's Fund to be a part of it. But it's called Lift the Lift Women Up campaign. But it's really lift people up. You know, if every person in a corporation, men and women, lifted another individual as they rose in the company itself, and helped to promote them and put them in in places of leadership. Again, that corporation is only going to succeed. So we, we we've seen it happen over and over again, and we know when there when there are women in top leadership positions uh, from I mean, from every the Fortune five hundred companies or any companies, we see that their the revenue increases, uh, they have less turnover, uh, less talent walks out the door, and so we're seeing those things happening, but not at the rate. That personally, I would like to see, and I'm sure you you would agree that every case is a is a triumph, but we just need more of those cases to to be effective.
1: no, I think that that's absolutely true, you know, and I think that the California law that that you just highlighted is you know it's interesting to talk about because I think that that's the type of thing that works in a place like California. Uh, where there's openness to the idea that legislated diversity is acceptable and and important. But, you know, if we're working to do this, you know, I would say even in a state, I mean, Rhode Island is considered an extraordinarily blue state, but...
0: A little bit more conservative.
1: A little bit more conservative than than I think most people would think. And uh, the idea that you would take away... The notion of everything just being a meritocracy. Yeah. So that those are just picking whoever, doesn't matter if they're, you know, women, men, black, white, uh, Latinx, et cetera, you know, you just always take the best people and say that you can't do that and you have to have quotas gets so much pushback. Mm -hmm. Um, And and not just in Rhode Island, I mean, much more so in, in other parts of the country. So, and I know that one of the things that we talk about, you know, in addition to being uh, on the women's fund and other organizations, I also serve on the diversity, equity, and inclusion committee at my law firm. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is how do you get people who are not sort of naturally inclined to just support diversity issues to buy in and understand that, that that it does benefit them. And, you know, all of the research that has been done on how you can essentially make a business case, certainly for gender diversity and definitely for, for racial diversity as well, that, that message doesn't seem to be getting through as as nearly as quickly as it needs to be. So, you know, well, I have you, taken to having conversations that are, are really more about trying to speak to people's personal experiences wow, um, wow. and say, you know, and, and then well, calling your point, out, you know, your point is that that saying, though, it's, yeah.
0: you know, we always have to hire and, and pursue the people that have the ability, have the credibility, the validity to, to take the job itself. But at the same time, you know, you're on the DNI, but part of this, and you know, that there's always that, you know, that yin and yang, that balance that goes on. But, you know, I really, I really like the first question. I mean, the first statement is by normalizing What's going on, and not starting, you know, not look at the colors. Is that a Latino? Is that a black woman, or is that an Indian? I mean, you know, we, I mean, as you know, first of all, we have to have awareness. That's key. Yes, we we have to first know that we have a problem, so that we can take care of the problem, and then we have to look for solutions to find, uh, you know, ways to solve that problem. And at the same time, it's all about education, you know, and Mm and. And I and I'm sure the Women's Fund does a lot of education and social media because you always, even as a funder, I mean, I have two foundations myself. You have to show accountability. You have to you have to show and prove how your organization is truly benefiting Rhode Island, uh, whether it's a blue state or a conservative state or whatever. You've still got to show that the dollars that be that are being used are effective and and you being used. Effectively in your in your different areas or different venues. Um, Well, okay, this hundred men. uh, Let's talk about that hundred men for gender equity. Since we're talking about men, Al, you you don't the terminology. What would you prefer as far as men and women working together? What would your term (laughs) be? Go ahead. I don't
1: know. I guess (laughs) I I mean I I don't have a good term for it. I I guess what I wish is that you can call me an ally. I I, I would never tell anybody not to call me an ally. I don't like to call myself an ally.
0: What would, you because, what would you prefer? Well,
1: no, I, I'm I'm fine with you calling me an ally. I don't think it's appropriate <laughs> for for me to say I'm an ally. Okay. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, how um, about
0: sponsor or mentor or coach or uh, well, yeah. you know, if you were introducing yourself to me and you were on the and you were on the board of directors of the Women's Fund and you say and I say, well, well, Adam, why did you join this board and why are you so uh, you know why why are you what, what's
1: that about? Well, I, I would say that, I, well, I would take it back to uh, getting involved with the 100 Men for Gender Equity Campaign. So after being involved with the uh, Women Leading Change event that I went to, I stayed connected to the organization and a former employee of the Women's Fund who has since moved on to other exciting nonprofit charitable work. Uh, got this 100 men for gender equity campaign started and reached out to me to be one of the organizers of it. Yeah. Uh and when they reached out they said they were looking for allies and I said right at uh, right at the beginning <laughs> I I don't I appreciate that you think of me as an ally. I the, the the challenge that I have with the term ally is that it suggests that there's something special uh, yeah. uh, about yeah. me and I and I don't like that, right? Um but what I, what I was starting to get at was a you know, what I've come to is, I just don't ever want to call myself an ally. I'm not the one who gets to decide if women feel as though I am, I am a supporter of theirs or an ally of theirs in uh, the pursuits of of equitable causes. I just want to do the right thing. Um, And and one of the, uh, one of the phrases that uh, we use in my family is, when you're thinking about what you're going to do next, you always want to just do the next right thing. Um, so just decide what you think is right next. And I have never been able to conceptualize for myself why somebody would think that equity isn't the right thing. Right. Um, and I, I'm sure that that was embedded in me from the way that I was brought up sure. um, and, and and the way that my, my family situation was. So whenever... I've been presented with the evidence that equity doesn't exist. It's very easy for and, and that there is something that I can do about it. That is the, the next right, the next right thing is to do that thing. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah. the 100 men for gender equity campaign was essentially for me about taking a step to try and create the normalization. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By identifying a, 99 uh, other men. Yeah, <laughs> like, or a, a, yeah. a population yeah, of, sure. of men oh. that, you know, maybe I I knew, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15, right, um, sure. that I thought would could be a part of it. But you don't always just you don't always talk about it. Yeah. Because in our culture, you know, well, it's yeah. it's not a mask. It, it is not masculine to be the, the man talking about gender equity, right? So it, by <laughs> by having the conversations, you start to move towards normalization so that they're, you know, people can realize that they're not alone in thinking yeah. that the way they are and that it's okay to actually talk about this stuff
0: well, let, as a let guy. Me, let me give you an example. I was in, I was actually in Oxford, England, and I was presenting, uh, I received an award, but I was presenting, uh, I was actually talking about my book, In This Together, And I was talking about the importance of men and women working together. And it was interesting, the more I talked about collaboration and the support that we need to give one another and how how, when we do so, anything is possible. The men in the audience literally took a breath. I mean, they literally, they realized there was not gonna be any male bashing. There was just me talking about the importance of working together. And you know what? I found this over and over again in any group that I've ever been with that when you really start talking about men and women supporting each other, something amazing occurs. You know, and I've talked to enough men that say, you know, what, just ask me, what, what do you need? And the same thing with women. What, if, if we all <laughs> today just ask one another for what we need or how or the other question is, how can I help? You know, how can I help? I mean, these simple questions uh, that I've come up with or that we've come up with Women Connect for Good are so simple that then you have a dialogue. Then you have a conversation. Then you develop a relationship. And that to me is the ultimate goal of whether it's 100 men uh, for gender equity or it's the Women's Fund. It really is about developing strong, healthy relationships of people who really understand that we want this to be a better world for ourselves, for our children and for our communities and global world as well, because we all have to come together at some point. So, you know, maybe, I'm maybe I'm a little idealistic, but you know what, that's kind of where I sit with all this.
1: Well, I, uh, I, I am a lot idealistic. I, I believe that, uh, <laughs> that all of this stuff is possible sure. and I get, I would say I, people often tell me that, you know, I'm not realistic in the way that I think about how things work, but it's not worth it to me to not believe that it's possible. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and to constantly be thinking of, well, if the last thing that we were trying didn't work, um, then what's the next thing that we can try. And I, I, and I think I, I love hearing what you're saying about know just having a conversation about how men and women can support each other and i think and what i think about is how do we get to have that apply when power is on the line because i think that's where that ends up breaking down as soon as somebody thinks that they might be that there isn't that there's that there's some sort of winner or loser happening yeah we we talked about a
0: different kind of power though it's the power to it's not the power over And I think that men and women, women especially get confused about power. It's the power (laughs) too. I was speaking to a large group of women attorneys, litigators like yourself, and I asked the question and I looked around the room. I said, how many how many women in this? How many of you in this room feel powerful? Two women raised their hand. Two women. Women litigators, women attorneys, litigators that spend their time out there, and 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 then I, then it becomes more apparent the word power, first of all, is misused, but it's misunderstood that it's the power too. And we all we all came into this world with that power as babies. We we had these talents, we we had these abilities. So you know the, the goal is education. The goal is to create better terminology. Or verbiage that we all go, oh, okay, now I understand. And you know, and and you're, you and I both are trying to come up with the, the right verbiage and the right words so that people aren't going, oh, is she is she a feminist or is she burning her bra? What is she doing? You know, the point is, is that I, I, nine times out of ten, when I start to have conversations with people that already are a little bit resistant, uh, mastering resistance is what it's about. It's like. Coming to some common ground that you can have a conversation about with and then about and then go on from there. But uh, no, I, I really I appreciate what you're doing. I I'm all for you as I said You're, <laughs> one, of the, you're, one, you're one of the guys I want to talk to. I mean, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. The, the more we talk about this, Adam, the better it's going to be. And it really is sometimes getting a bunch of people in the room. And the Women's Fund is no different than a lot of other organizations that get in the room and say, you know, what what do we want to see happen here? What do we want to see happen in Rhode Rhode Island that's going to benefit us all? And it's not going to take away from, it's not going to rob Paul to pay Peter. It's what are we going to do for each other so that we have better lives for ourselves, our children, and this community? And, you know, you can't really dispute that conversation, can you?
1: You cannot. And, and, you know, I I guess the only other thing I would say is, I have a lot of hope for the future. I don't know. I I see, you know, my kids and their, their generation. And I think about, you know, I think oftentimes when you're caught up in, in the work, uh, in the day to day, it often feels like you can be spinning your wheels from time to time because things aren't, don't move that quickly. But when you take a step back and take a look at what the arc of progress has been over time there's you know definitely steps back on occasion but overall it's moving forward and when not just my own children but the other the other kids that I see in their generation I see them growing up and understanding the world very differently from the way that I understood it when I was their age and definitely from the way you know generations older than I did understood yeah. it they, and
0: they understand climate control they understand that uh keeping taking care of mother earth is going to be the key for them them being here and the next generations being here i mean it, it definitely is a different a different generation but again i think we really the baton but we have to pass the baton to a from a healthy group to another healthy group who'll pass yes. it on to another healthy group so so i think that's the key is that we keep building these community of like-minded men and women Can do just that, and you and your family and your wife are doing that. And of course, Women Connect for Good, that's what we're doing as well. You know, we want to we want to stay connected, and uh, I would love for you all to become a part of the Lift Women Up Camp Lift People campaign because it's so simple. We have 52 weeks of simple things that people can do every day, every week, just to lift another person up. You and I both know when we lift somebody else up, how do we feel? Don't we we feel
1: better? We feel better.
0: We feel better, but uh, yep. I, I really thank you for talking to me today. You've given me hope. No, no oh. seriously, it's it's important. I need to have more conversations like this because like I said, I sometimes feel like I'm out there beating on that drum and nobody could care less. So today I'm talking to somebody that does care and I really appreciate that. So how do we learn more about the women's fund and, and know more about you and how, how we can help you?
1: All right. Well, I'm just going to focus on the Women's Fund because that is what I think matters the most. And you can go to uh, wfri.org to learn more about us. Uh, we're in the holiday season, so we're we're certainly encouraging people to contribute to us right now. Um,
0: we need money.
1: <laughs> we need money. Uh, <laughs> in particular, don't, to don't to help sorry. us with with that with that. Uh, that women leading government uh, uh, program, uh, if that speaks to anybody uh, as as something that's important, we're 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 really hoping to to get that off the ground, and um, you know you also can go there. We have a uh, equity dashboard uh, that's got uh, essentially we've done a ton of research and put together a lot of statistics on what the state of of women's equity is in Rhode Island right now and and where the gaps are and 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 how we can overcome them, and. We look forward to continuing the relationship with, with you, Dr. Nancy, and uh, and thank you, know you for do. having me on and, and, and talking with me today.
0: One of the things that we could really use along with this Lift Women Up campaign joining is testimonials from people in your organization and what you've done for them, because we have to keep showing and educating the population as to why we exist. And what we're trying to and what we're, what our hopes are and what we're trying to accomplish. So uh, uh, when you'll get a link back to this conversation, we will promote it. And one of the things that I always say is once, you, once we talk, we're connected. And so that's the way I'd like to keep it is that how we can help and vice versa, ways that we can can collaborate and support one another is very, very important to me. And and I do that strictly for that good women connect for good is exactly what that name means. Women connecting for good. So uh, Adam, I want to wish you a happy holiday with your two, two amazing teenagers and I <laughs> wish you all the best. You know, one of the things I've always said with, with parents with teenagers, I said, don't take it personal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, that's what we're learning. You know, it's, there's, they're, they're great ahead, kids. But- they're great kids, but they're just a little bit more <laughs> disconnected than they used to be.
0: Well, and, and remember, tell your wife their brains are still forming, and there's those dendrites <laughs> and those axons are still trying to find that connection. They're going, wait, and then sometimes they find it, and they Boo, blow, blow up. And, you know, <laughs> what was that? Well, did you yep. see what happened there? You know, so so anyway. Well, I wish you the very best, and I want to wish you the happiest holiday ever. And. I'm looking forward to another happier 2023. I know we're going to, we're getting better and better. We just have to, we have to keep connecting and collaborating with each other and supporting one another. So, well,
1: thank you. Happy holidays to you as well. Thank and it's been so fantastic.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thank you so you too. much. Uh, yeah. Bye bye. Bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.